Turn in your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 2. I do apologize, I am a bit under the weather today. Um, I'm hoping not to uh, leave anything with you uh, that you don't want me to leave. Acts chapter 2, and our text is found in Acts 2, uh, verse 42. Acts 2, 42. It is an honor and a, and a privilege to be with you this morning. Um, I, I so appreciate your pastor's uh, fellowship um, and his uh, co-laborers with me uh, in the American Council of Christian Churches. I bring you greetings uh, from the International Council of Christian Churches, uh, meeting in Collingswood, New Jersey. Um, Hal, and, Hal and Steve Ricker also uh, send, send their greetings uh, to you. Um, I, I, I met Steve Ricker on my way out of the uh, motel to come here, was already not, not feeling good. And I think uh, Gary Johnson had, had let him know that. And um, he, uh, he put his arm around me and, uh, and had prayer with me uh, before I left. And that was encouraging to me. Uh, we have uh, had a blessed time of, of fellowship and preaching already at the ICCC. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be heading uh, back uh, to the ICC meetings along with uh, Pastor Greenfield. Uh, he speaks later in the week, and um, it's a, a privilege to be a part of that. <clears throat> but today, I'm thrilled uh, to be here with you on your anniversary Sunday. Uh, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I rejoice with you in what the Lord has accomplished in your hearts and lives. Uh, the, the Lord Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm thankful to the Lord for, uh, for this body of believers uh, that he has raised up. Uh, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Uh, it's, it's a blessing to, uh, to celebrate your anniversary in, in this new building uh, that uh, the Lord has graciously provided. Um, it is, it's wonderful to see all of the uh, progress since, uh, since we were uh, with you on a Wednesday evening in, uh, in late uh, February. As I reflected on this uh, special occasion today, um, I thought about uh, what you have been through uh, since 2004, 2005. Uh, I think of all the prayers, uh, the, the exhausting labor and toil. Uh, the, I think of the, the tears, uh, the discouragements and disappointments. Uh, the, the praying and the waiting on God. Uh, but I think also of, of the victories and the joys. Um, I noticed in one of the pictures uh, a baptismal service. Um, joy over souls saved and uh, lives changed by the power of God. I, I think of your pastor's part. The countless hours of, of spiritual preparation and the faithful preaching of God's word in season and out of season, uh, when it was convenient and when it wasn't. I, I think of all the, the loving care you have shown uh, for one another in this body of believers. 
And as we think about all of the different aspects and facets of your ministry from the beginning of this church until now, my, my challenge to you today is simply this. Continue on. Continue on. To continue on is, is a challenge that, that cautions us from resting on the accomplishments of the past. It, it strengthens us amidst the weariness and toil of the present. It, it protects us from the onslaught of evil as well as an abundance of trials uh, that would hinder us and discourage us in our labors for the Lord. It encourages us to prepare for our ministry in the future. Continue on. Our Savior has set the example before us. He said, I must be about my Father's business. Uh, our Lord and Master has given us the word, Occupy till I come. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Continue on. Uh, there, there's nothing new or profound in this challenge. This is truth that you already know to encourage you to keep on doing what you're already doing. Uh, this challenge to continue on goes all the way back to uh, the very start of the church. Uh, and that's what we find here in Acts chapter 2. And we consider in this text, first of all, continue in doctrine. Acts 2, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. This was uh, the bedrock foundation of the early church from the very beginning. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And here in Acts 2, we find the founding of the church on the day of Pentecost. And verse 41 says, Then they that, that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Uh, Peter and, uh, and the apostles preached the gospel. Uh, 3,000 people were saved. And in their fledgling lives as newborn babes in Christ, uh, this characteristic was listed. First and foremost, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I'm going to pause here for just a moment because, unless I'm mistaken, I think I forgot to pray. Uh, that's a terrible thing to do. Uh, we can't do that. We need the Lord's help. Uh, let's stop here before we go on and ask for the Lord's help. Father, we thank you for the greatness and glory of who you are. Lord, there's no other God like you. Lord, you are a God of wonders. Lord, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he willingly gave his life in once for all sacrifice for us. Lord, that we uh, might have forgiveness and salvation by grace through faith in him alone. But Father, we ask that you would quiet our hearts now before you. 
uh, use your word in each heart. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I ask for strength today. And I rejoice that uh, when I'm weak, uh, you are strong. And we pray, Father, that you would fill each of us to respond to your word with faith and obedience. And we give you thanks and praise in Christ's name. Amen. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The order is important here in verse 42 uh, because it lists several things that they continued in. Uh, but, But all of the others flowed out of this one. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And that's vital for us to see and to understand in a day and and time when doctrine has been dismissed as uh, not relevant, as as secondary in many churches today. Uh, The the specifics of what you believe about the Bible is is not that important as long as you are sincere, is the attitude that many espouse. And, and by the way, that, that philosophy flows right out of the postmodernism of our day. Truth is relative, according to that postmodernism. Truth is whatever you want it to be. People talk about your truth, but the Bible reveals God's truth. Now, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Psalm 119, 160, thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Doctrine matters. Uh, This is the eternal word of God. And we are to hold fast to the faithful word. Sometimes you'll hear the sentiment expressed, oh, preacher, don't get into that doctrine all the time. Uh, Just give us something practical from the word. But folks, doctrine comes first. And it is doctrine that must govern our practice. If you have practice without sound doctrine, you have wrong practice. Acts 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. The word continued steadfastly is, is one word in the Greek. It means to adhere to, to persist in, to attach oneself to to be faithful to, to be devoted to, to hold fast to, to continue or persevere in. Uh, Continue in the apostles' doctrine. Uh, The apostles' doctrine is the teaching of the word of God that the apostles received from the Lord. Uh, This truth from God's word, the doctrines, the the teachings, the propositional truths, Uh, that are so prominent in this book are that which we are to steadfastly continue in. Uh, We are not called to something brand new for our generation uh, that nobody's ever heard of before until that great new mega church pastor wrote a new book about it. No, folks, no. We need to continue in the apostles' doctrine because that is the truth that the Lord directly taught them. Uh, The continuance in the apostles' doctrine is so important because the source of it is not from man. It it comes from God. He is the author of the apostles' doctrine. The apostles, in turn, taught that doctrine to the early church. And later on, that body of truth was 
divinely inspired and faithfully recorded in the completion of the New Testament. We have the Apostles' Doctrine. Uh, This is it. Uh, The Apostles' Doctrine was that very teaching the Lord Jesus authorized and commissioned them and us to teach in the Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 28. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is that apostle doctrine that Christ gave to them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We need to continue in the apostles' doctrine because this is the doctrine the apostles received from Jesus Christ, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4, verse 16. The Apostle Paul writes, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Continue. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Paul writes this to uh, the young pastor Timothy. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Timothy, continue to pay close attention to your own spiritual life, your own walk with the Lord, and to the doctrine. It is the sound, healthy, accurate, truthful teaching of God's Word that will produce healthy Christians. If they will hear it and take it to heart and put it into practice in their lives. Uh, Timothy is to continue to give himself to teaching the doctrine of God's word. Titus 1 verse 9. He has similar admonition for the pastor Titus. Titus 1 verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Uh, And here sound doctrine is the foundation for the exhortation and defense of God's word. Uh, This is the requirement of of a pastor. A, A pastor is not an innovator. Uh, an, an inventor of new ideas. He is to hold fast, cling to, be devoted to the faithful word. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. But here he uh, he is giving a contrast 
there is a contrast here between uh, the, the perilous times that he speaks of at the beginning of this chapter. Uh, there's a contrast uh, with the character of people in the last days uh, that he continues uh, to speak of in verses 2 through 5. Um, there, there's a contrast with the increase and certainty of persecutions. There's a contrast with the evil men and seducers growing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Um, uh, again, verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, well, we, are, we are in these perilous last days. Uh, we're living in the middle of that. And, and what does he say? Oh, Timothy, you need to change your message. Uh, th- th- these are brand new and completely different kind of people in the last days. You need a brand new approach uh, so that you can stay relevant with the times. Is that what he says? No. He says, in these last days, evil men are going to get worse and worse, but you, Timothy, are to continue in the things which you have learned, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And and who had Timothy learned these truths from? Well, he had learned them from the Apostle Paul. What a teacher. Um, Paul was uh, miraculously saved by God's grace, transformed. He was commissioned to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, What a teacher. Uh, He had learned the truth from Paul. And not only Paul, we remember um, earlier in the book, uh, the reference to uh, the faith of his grandmother, Lois, his mother, Eunice. He had learned the truth uh, from these dear and trusted sources. But beyond that, he had learned the truth from God. From God himself. You remember what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16. uh, When Peter made that great confession. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. God teaches us the truth. He does it through faithful servants. He does it through the word of God. Continue in sound doctrine. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And here was the apostles' determination not to be distracted, but but to give themselves continually to the study and the preaching and teaching of the word of God. Continue in doctrine. Follow the faithful teaching of the pastor God has blessed you with and always compare everything to the word of God. Back in our text in Acts 2 verse 42, we consider number two, continue in fellowship. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. 
The word fellowship speaks of of joint participation. Uh, The root of this word speaks of of having something in common with someone else. Uh, This morning you have uh, gathered together, I would venture to guess, uh, that uh, you have a lot of differences from each other, even in a small gathering, um, and like, like we have at Tipton Bible Church as well. Uh, you, you, you have different occupations, different backgrounds, different hobbies, different interests, different abilities. So what brings you together? Uh, what, what, what do you have in common? Jesus Christ. If you have repented of your sin and trusted in the death and resurrection of Christ, then you are saved by God's grace. You are now the children of God by faith. So therefore, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. We all have the promise of eternal life with Christ. We all as believers in Christ are submitted to the word of God as our sole authority for faith and practice. God intends for us to continue in Christian fellowship in a local church. There there is Christian friendship, encouragement, support, and accountability that God intends us to have in our fellowship in Christ. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And the author of Hebrews says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Sometimes we, uh, we think of picnics and uh, gatherings and casual conversations as fellowship. And, and, and it can be a part of our fellowship as we get to know each other and share care and concern for one another. But remember that above all, Christ is what we have in common. And, and what we continue in should be truly seeking to encourage and strengthen one another in the Lord. It it is a spiritual fellowship that we have. And we we see this clearly here in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And as as we look at these verses, we reflect on the fact that We cannot do the command of verse 24 if we do not do the command of verse 25. We can't stir each other up to love and good works if we do not gather together. We can't continue in fellowship if we're not regularly present at the worship services of the church. Uh, and there, there are other challenges to our Christian fellowship. Turn with me to uh, Philippians 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. 
Philippians 1, 3 through 5, Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And Paul is reflecting here on the very special relationship that he had with the Philippian believers but from the very founding of that church. And we think back to, to Acts 16 where that event is recorded. And you remember Lydia was saved by God's grace and, and she opened up her home to the apostles and, and the gospel was preached and souls were saved. Uh, but there was great opposition that arose. There was intense persecution. Paul and Silas were, were beaten. And uh, they were thrown into the prison. They were locked in stocks. You see, a part of the Philippians' fellowship with Paul and the gospel was a fellowship of suffering. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I think a lot of us would maybe like to stop right there. Um, we, we would be all in favor of, of knowing that power of his resurrection, but uh, maybe we don't want to go on to the next part. And the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. You see, folks, fellowship is not all picnics and game nights. In fellowship, we worship together. We learn together. We grow together. Uh, we enter into each other's joys and, and sorrows. We live for Christ together. Uh, we serve Him together. We labor together. And, and as need be, we suffer together for the sake of the One who died for us and rose again. And dear ones, more suffering is on the way if the Lord tarries. So continue in fellowship. We need each other in the body of Christ. Do you guys do corn detasseling out here? No? Has anybody heard of that? You've heard of it? Um, that's something that's big in Iowa. I grew up doing that as a, as a, a young... I think I started when I was 11. Um... Seed corn companies develop corn hybrids. Uh, detasseling is how they control what types of corn germinate other types of corn. So they hire laborers to pull the tassels out of the corn stalk before it tassels. Uh, while it's still wrapped in, in the leaves, you pull that tassel out. And then you, you go down and do rows of corn and you skip other rows of corn that they want to tassel. And that way they're controlling that breeding process. And detasseling was, was a tough job. Um, when the season started, you had a very short window to get it done uh, before the, the tassels started coming out. Uh, my brother and I uh, would contract about 12 acres with uh, Pioneer, Pioneer Seed Corn Company. And um, it, it paid good for kids, $140 an acre. So you could 
make a, a decent amount of money in a short time. Um, you would be working 14 to 16 hour days in those three to four days. Uh, and you were out there in the heat, the sun, and when you were down in the corn, you didn't, you hardly ever felt any wind, um, sweat, rain, and bloody knuckles. The corn leaves would rip your hands up as you're doing it, uh, hand over hand, row after row, um, all day. Why would we do that? Uh, the money, yes, the money. That's why. Uh, but but how, how did we get through the heat and sweat and rain and bloody knuckles? And a lot of times the answer is, we were brothers. We did it side by side. We competed. We sang. We fought. Yes, we fought. Uh, we're ta you're talking about teenage boys, right? Dirt clod wars. And it was maddening because my brother was four years older and 50 pounds heavier. And he always won the, the dirt clod wars. And I would think, oh, I, I'm, I've, I've snuck away. I've, I'm down in the corn. He, he doesn't know where I'm at. And he would just let one fly and it would hit me. Um, <laughs> I would get... Uh, a little frustrated um, about that. But we kept going uh, because we encouraged each other. Listen, in Christ, you have a bond stronger than blood. You are brothers and sisters in Christ. Continue in fellowship. Encourage each other to continue on for the Lord. Learn to prayerfully discern when your brother or sister needs a helping hand or an encouraging word and always seek to point them to Christ. In Acts 2 verse 42, back in our text, we consider number three, continue in remembering Christ. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. There are different ideas here about the breaking of bread. Uh, some see simply meals taken together and that language is consistent with that in places in the New Testament. And perhaps even later on in this context. But others see in the breaking of bread the continued observance of the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. In Luke chapter 22 we see that language used of the Lord's Supper. In Luke 22 verses 19 through 20. And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it. And gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. How vital it is in our spiritual lives and in our walk with the Lord that we continually remember what Christ did 
in His broken body and His shed blood for us. Uh, We were sinners. We were lost. We were condemned. We were headed for hell. But Jesus Christ, our Savior, gave Himself in willing sacrifice for us. He sought us. He found us. He saved us. We ought to remember with joy His love, His mercy, and His grace given so freely and undeservedly. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth, God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, We could never repay the debt we owe Him. But we can remember Him and His sacrifice for us. Again, this remembrance is, is a part of the doctrine that we continue in. It's also a part of the fellowship that we continue in. We do this together in remembrance of Him. And then we see in our text, number four, continue in prayers. Because of the finished work of our great high priest, the way is now opened into the very presence of God. Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What privilege, what, what blessing to, to be able to come freely to the Lord in prayer, into His very presence, uh, making our petitions known, seeking for the grace that we need. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. In prayer we worship God. We give thanks for who He is and what He has done. We lift up our request before Him in accordance with His will. We ask for His forgiveness and cleansing. We ask for His guidance and direction. We seek His deliverance from evil. We desire that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We desire that He be glorified in all things. We seek from Him the true understanding of the doctrine in which He tells us to continue. We plead with Him for the salvation of souls. And we rejoice when souls come to Christ. How vital it is that we continue in prayer. This was the practice and example of the early church. We turn back to Acts chapter 1. Acts 1 verse 14. The believers, disciples were gathered together waiting for the coming of the Spirit as Jesus had promised. In verse 14, it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. These all. Who who are these all? Well, back in verse 13, uh, the the apostles are named. The eleven apostles. And and now at last, they're, they're no longer arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. Uh, no more is Peter asking, uh, Lord, what will, this, what will this man do? Uh, what will John do? And, and James and John are, are not seeking for those highest positions in the kingdom anymore. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. That is the example for us to follow. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope 
patient in tribulation, continuing instant, steadfastly in prayer. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. We are to be watchful in prayer. Uh, we are to be thankful in prayer. We, we are to pray for opportunity. That's the open door. And the clarity that we need in giving the gospel. Listen, prayer is hard work. In prayer, we, we fight sleep, complacency, temptation, in, in all the distractions of lesser things. And in our text, the example is given to us to continue in prayer together. And might I suggest that prayer meetings would be a good place to start. Listen, prayer is the life and power of the church. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. The story is told of five young college students who were spending a Sunday in London. So they went to hear C.H. Spurgeon preach. And while waiting for the doors to open, they were greeted by a man who asked, gentlemen, uh, let me show you around. Would you like to see the heating plant of this church? And they weren't particularly interested. It was a hot day in July, but they didn't want to offend, so they agreed. They were taken down a stairway. A door was quietly opened, and the guide said, this is our heating plant. And to their surprise, they saw 700 people bowed in prayer, asking for God's blessing on the service that would soon begin in the auditorium above. And closing the door softly, their guide introduced himself, and it was none other than C.H. Spurgeon. Listen, dear friends, how is your heating plant? Not talking about that, that nice new furnace you have. And, and folks, you don't, you don't need a heating plant of 700. The power in prayer is not found in the number of people praying, but in the almighty God who answers the prayers of his children. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Continue in prayer. Pray together. You know, sometimes it is easy to become weary in well-doing. Sometimes we can be tempted to to compromise sound doctrine in, in, order to, in order to gain in numbers a different way. And we remember the, the admonition of Scripture or the warning of Scripture that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Why are there so many large churches that are not following the right path? And you can think about Elevation, and Hillsong, and all of these others. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The time has come. That's what we're in the midst of. 
But beloved, God calls us to faithfulness. And what is faithfulness but doing faithfully what God has said again and again and again. God calls us to read and study and memorize and meditate on His Word. God calls us to pray. God calls us to worship Him together. God calls us to witness for Him. God calls us to gather together for public worship and fellowship. We do not need something different or or unexpected. A, A searching for some kind of emotional experience. We need to faithfully do what God calls us to do. Not out of constraint, not in boredom or drudgery. We gather today on the first day of the week to rejoice in our risen Savior. We gather with with hearts full of love and praise for the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. We gather with an added thankfulness on this day. For the grace of God that has knit together this body of believers. And and there's nothing boring or commonplace about this. Because Christ is here. Where where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. I encourage you today. Continue on. And though we do continue on by his grace. In that which is the same. Our hearts and minds are filled and enthralled with the greatness and glory of who Christ is and what he has done. We grow in his grace and knowledge as he ever unfolds himself to us in his holy word. As we abide in him and in his word, he gives to us a joy for which there is no parallel or substitute. So dear ones, Continue on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't do something else. Continue on. Encourage one another to continue on. Continually continue on. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the doctrine that you have given to us to guide and direct our steps. Lord, we thank you for one another in the body of Christ. Lord, help us to continue in doctrine, in fellowship, in remembering Christ, and in prayer. Give us strength, Lord, to do these things until Jesus comes by your power and grace. And we thank you in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.